Congratulations, you're right on time for the Making Moves show with Mufasa and Poppy Knox. They are totally considerate. You're not here to try to figure me out. You just need to figure out what I need from you. And if I, I'm going to tell you what I need from you. Very humble. And it feels good to be me. Always respectful. Fuck what you said. <laughs> Thank because you, brother. Sometimes that makes me, that warms my heart. Truly sympathetic. Most guys don't get it. They don't get the game. They don't even want to play the game. And instead of just um, doing the little bit of work to know what you and I know, like on this one topic even, they would rather make an excuse for not knowing the work. Absolute humanitarians. You know what I'm saying? Stay masculine and always make that person understand you are not that important in my life. Exactly. And you give off that energy and it was good. Completely unstoppable. The name of the game. That's why we're always making moves. We're always make, getting better than the last day. Always growing. The Making Moves show begins right now. What's up? What's up? What up? What up? I'm enjoying life. How about yourself? Yeah, man. Trying to fix um this shower head in my bathroom. Just got done doing that. Okay. Like to hear that. It's cool. It seems like everyone works, you gotta fix it, right? Exactly, exactly. I hit up all my friends since it's the first of the month, and I realized most of you guys are doing all the same thing. You're doing like stuff around the house to get it fresh and clean. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so that's what I'm. I'm actually doing a lot of that. Uh, somebody got to do it. A man got to do what a man got to do. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm eating a little bit. You might hear that in the background. Uh, but yeah, all I wanted to do was talk about the jobs that we used to have. The jobs that we may not have liked, but the things that we had to do, speaking of like a man's got to do what he's got to do. Last episode, you were talking about it a little bit. I figured it'd be fun to go deeper into it. Um, Yeah, I'm just reminiscing. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of jobs in a short amount of time. And it wasn't because I wasn't necessarily bad at any of it. It's just I always kept on going for the next thing, going for the next thing. And some were seasonal. Some were just things that I needed to do to to get my foot in the door for a bigger opportunity. Um, but in a short amount of time, I've worked a lot of jobs. How about yourself? Oh, man. I had plenty of jobs. I feel, I feel like, uh, honestly... Just from my personal experience, I think it was more jobs back then than it is now. Mm. (laughs) But I had about, um, I want to say a good 15 jobs. Yeah, I've never thought to count it, but yeah, that sounds about right for both of us. So, let's start here. What was your first job? Tell us the story about that. Yeah. Yeah, 15 jobs. So... Man, but go ahead and share your experiences. All right. So my first job was this. The way I remember it. I'm a high school student. By the time I was 15 or so, I knew I wanted to be a journalist. 
And so when I was coming into that age where I could actually do journalism work, I was like, all right, where are the jobs that are hiring? And so my first job was writing TV news for what's known as New York One, where I was living at the time. So it's a 24-hour news station. Wrote a couple emails, got a teacher to vouch for me, and... That's a cool job, by the way. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was always what some of the kids would call arrogant, but I knew what I wanted to do. So I reached out to the best place for me to do it and had my teacher help me out. We wrote a couple emails and they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you on our team. So my first job was I would, after school, I would run, I would drive down. It was probably like an hour drive. I think at four or five, I'd make it. And then I would write TV news until about eight or nine o'clock. I forgot what hour, uh, but essentially I was writing the news that the, the anchors would be reading later on wow. at, at night. That's yeah. Dope. yeah. <laughs> and so it's a very unique story. It's one of those things where looking back, I'm like, damn, how did I get that job? Uh, but really it was just saying hi and, and sharing my enthusiasm and then all I did was show up and they schooled me. I had no prior training. I never wrote for news. All I knew is I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to show the world the stories that I got to hear day in and day out. And then when I got this job, I realized, all right, journalism is a lot more than just sitting down with people you like and hearing them tell your stories. And so my crash course was this event happened in 10 seconds or less tell us the full story that matters. And it was, it was a challenge. It was like, all right, that's cool. I've never thought about it in these ways. And that's like, it forces you to think about what's important, what matters to people. And, and the thing that you like about a story is not necessarily what you have to share with other people. And so I learned a lot of skills. I did that for, I think, half a year. Every night rushing down i remember I, I had my Subaru impreza just got my driver's license so i would be driving there after school two or three times a week and coming back home and then doing it again later on that week that was me i'm running back to the damn phone i'm listening but um damn i gotta think about my first job and it's hard for me to say my first job. What what age were you? I'm assuming I was 15, 16. I had a driver's license in New York. They gave it to you at 16. So I, I had to at least have been 16. Yeah, yeah. I know I did work prior to that, but I'm hard-pressed to think of what that work was. So basically, your, junior, your sophomore, junior year. Right? Yeah. Uh, actually, that's a good question. I forget what it is. I'm a young kid, so I was a senior. I was a young senior. I think that's how it played out. I forget. Okay, so you graduated a little early. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, because of my age. Yeah. So I started school when I was four. Cool, man. Um oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Oh yeah. I hear notifications, so, but you're good. When people ask me my first job, uh, I think I was I had to be in second or third grade. Word. And yeah, it was working with my 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 dad. Um, and all the odd jobs he did, 
You know, yeah. one of the things he used to always say, why wait till Friday to get paid? And uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing, right? And he used to um, clean office buildings, you know, outside of the office hours. And I remember vacuuming, changing, you know, <clears throat> dumping out trash. And I hated it. I did. Because during that time, I was a big wrestling fan. And right during wrestling, I had to put it on the VCR and record it. But right during wrestling, I would go with my father. Mm -hmm. And we would go make some money. (laughs) And then he had me, you know, then my grandfather sometimes on the weekends would have me um, picking corn. With him in the cornfields, because he he ran his own catering service, and uh, he had a food truck, and he used to literally. And this was before he. This was before back then. It was actually cheaper mm-hmm. to go pick your own food <laughs> and put it on the back of your truck, your own vegetables, your own corn, and stuff like that. So he we used to serve grilled corn, barbecue, all that stuff. So I done seen a couple yeah. farms and stuff like that down there in Florida. Um, be honest with you, that concept would have been great because he could have marked Like if he did it now, thinking about it, if he actually ran the food truck now, it would be real popular because it was like locally grown food. Yeah. And back then, the locally grown food is actually cheaper. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and that's the so generation now, you and I are from. Where organic, it wasn't even a word. It was just, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's how organically grown food. He could have he could have made an arm and a leg off of all the ingredients, you know, he used to put in his food. That's cool. So I remember even in the summer times on my grandfather's food truck all day. All day. And he had an ice cream truck. That was yeah. a little bit harder for me because... He kept me off that truck. He was like, yo, he all I got a terrible sweet tooth. So <laughs> my uncle used to drive the ice cream truck. Eating all the profits. Yeah. And I used to be on the food truck with my grandfather. So I'm not, I was used to working. Now, I'm not going to complain about the pay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used to work for things. If I wanted to go to the movies or if I wanted to buy that, yeah, exactly. you know, Nintendo game. They would be like, well, you gotta go, you're gonna have to come to work. So all the stuff I wanted, they didn't give me the money, but all the stuff I wanted, I got. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. It was times where I get yelled at, fussed at, get in trouble because I wasn't doing my job right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So finally I got tired of them. Um how can we say I need my money in my hand. Mm. So, hold on real quick. But this is cool because now you're making me think of there. So when I say job, I mean literally going into a workplace, I report to someone. Yeah, clocking yeah. in. So I'm to that, No, no, right? what I'm saying is I like what you're bringing up because before my first job, 
I actually had a similar thing, and it's always nice because I the people I love doing business I, with. You want to know? I had to bring that shit up, man, because I What's felt up? like that job, those jobs I did with my grandfather and my father was tougher than the jobs. <laughs> like that was that was manual labor. It had me like my grandfather, my dad used to say, I, "Oh, you don't like cleaning toilets? Make sure you go to college, so you don't have to get a job." Like, exactly. And to this day, I'm still like, you know what? That job wasn't that bad. Yep, yep, yep. Job, that job wasn't that bad. And you get, you know, you, you, you didn't clock in. Now I'm basically back to where I don't want to clock in, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that later. But, but that first job I had doesn't even exist anymore. It was called Hollywood Video. I was trying to get a job at Blockbuster. Could not get a job at Blockbuster for the life of me. They changed the age around where I was. You had to be 17 to work there. Uh, because of some of the movies. All right. Yeah, 17 or 18 to work there. I was um, 16 at the time. But Hollywood Video let you be 16. And you had to sit there and go on their little computer and take basically, you know, one of those jobs with the personality test. Now, my whole joke about the personality test is, if you gotta do, if you're taking a personality test job, job where they make you take a personality test now, they're probably not gonna pay you what you're worth. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. But back in the day, it was it was whatever, and um, I took that long ass thirty minute personality test. You know, got the interview, then got the job. Real simple: rewinding videos, restocking candy, and just keeping the store running, helping people find videos, trying to upsell them, things of that nature. It was it was a good experience for a first job. Good experience. Um, I learned a lot about child labor laws there too. Because <laughs> it was a bunch of other kids that was working there before me, my age, and they was like, yeah, if they keep you past 11 o'clock, it's a violation. So eleven oh one, report them. I'm just like, why are you guys always trying to report the oh, bosses? Like, what? Interesting. Yeah. And one of the one of my managers was like, it's just like babysitting, <laughs> being a manager. Oh, I, mean, I learned a lot, though. I learned that was like my first job, entry level corporate type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I had plenty of other retail jobs like that but i remember that that place doesn't even exist anymore yeah <laughs> no it doesn't and then that was my favorite because hollywood was better than blockbuster because i think they gave you a week on each rental they gave you a week yeah. to blockbuster it was like watch it once and then return immediately come back in five minutes with this movie <laughs> so i love hollywood video that's where i had my membership and I like what you did because my thing was I'm I'm big into movies, at least I used to be. So my rule was always do jobs that help you do the things that you already care about. So if I like watching movies, why am I gonna spend money watching movies when I can work at the place that sells the movies and then I get a discount or I get it for free? So that sounds like an awesome job. I, I never I thought about it, but when I did finally get the opportunity to think about it, things were phasing out. Um but that's really cool. I like that. I like both stories. The food truck, the odd jobs, as well as the, the Hollywood video. And when you were talking, what it made me think of is 
this is eighth grade. So this is eighth grade. I'm living in Connecticut. I'm the new kid in town. This is like a small place where there are more animals than there are people. Um, what's up? Hey, you know what? Just a little sidebar, bro. I'm starting to pre- appreciate those little towns. I, I might, I might uh, jump over there. No, I highly recommend it. They're very few. Oh, that's not true. They're more small, small, small towns than there are big cities. I wonder where I could find myself living. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I don't mind living in a small town. But to actually do bi- right now, I'm not at the point to actually do business out of a a smaller town. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, you exactly. have to go to the city. Yeah, to make it. so my thing is finding the right city that suits me and and all the work that I want to do. Most cities will work. It's just I'm actually more concerned about the weather than anything else. But anyway, this is eighth grade. I'm living in Groton, Connecticut. I'm not in Groton, Connecticut. I'm in a small town called Ledger, Connecticut. And I notice, which is it's funny that I'm telling this story because now I'm thinking about all the things that I do now in business, and I clearly knew it in eighth grade. So what I noticed is all the kids were buying warheads. Everyone, I don't know if you remember that generation where warheads was the new candy. You suck it and it's sour for like 60 seconds. And after that, it's nice and sweet. And kids would dare each other be like, yo, who can do it without squinching and all this other stuff? So I knew that all the kids were doing it. And I like the candy too. So I went to Sam's Club and a box of, uh, what do you call it? I think it was like four flavors. You get four bags of each for 16 bucks. I think it might even been less for that. So what I did was I bought one of those. Or I think I had my mom's husband um, front the cash. I bought one of those and I started charging 25 cents for each of them. So I made a nice little profit. I was just slinging them all around class at every single class at lunch, recess, everywhere. So the I was making money man. selling them the candy that they already wanted at a better price and still making a profit off of it. And I just did that. I would just go back to Sam's Club, pay back the loan to my mom's husband. I got more and more and I just kept on doing it. That was my hustle. I don't know why I stopped, but eventually I stopped. But that was my hustle. That was my business. And that was and when I'm looking back, I'm like, that's how I learned how to make a profit. That's how I learned how to market. That's how I learned how to sell things that people want to buy instead of forcing them to buy the things that I want, that I have. So it's just really interesting just to, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but it's like the things that you were doing back then, you're still doing today. It's almost this ah, cyclical pattern. I like it. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, damn, I was always destined to be doing what I'm doing. And in both stories, I'm running a business. In the other story, I'm, uh, what is it? I'm creating content. I'm creating media. And if you look at me in 2023, same story. I'm still doing both of those things. And I learned it at such a young age, 16. So I was what? A, a senior in college and a in an eighth grader. So all those skills led up to me actually doing that full time. That's great, yeah. bro. You know what? Um, one of the, I'm gonna just say one of the jobs from my past. I think I talked about this a little bit before. Um, that's why being a dating dating coach, I could probably do it, or um, what they like to call it, 
a PUA. PUA? Wait, what? Oh, pickup artist? A pickup oh. artist. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, I got a little... Nah, but somebody suggested I do it. <laughs> and I'm just like... Do it to teach or just be a pickup artist? What are you saying? Do it to teach. Teach other people. Oh, okay. Um, most of my... A lot of my jobs were sales. Yeah. Uh, I used to work at this one company that was basically um, sold you know, TV, cable TV uh, dish worked there. Um, at the same time I worked at dish, I worked at Macy's in women's shoes and women's perfume. So I kind of combined two things I like doing, <laughs> like selling, you know, talking to women and selling stuff. So it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. Both of the jobs, it taught me a lot. And it wasn't not that I wasn't good at it. I realized the other part of how people actually make money off of you in your your effort. Oh yeah. The house always wins, no matter how good you're doing. And um I remember signing on the Macy's and I did not realize the commission how it, it was weighted. I think it was called weighted commission or something like that. Where you, Before you made commission, you had okay. to sell a certain amount of items. So one day I killed the commission. Nice. Then the next day, before I could even start making commission for that next day, I had to sell a certain amount of items. Let's say it was like 10. Yeah. A, certain, a certain amount of money. So let's say if I made $1,000 in commission on Monday, now I have to sell $1,000 worth of stuff on Tuesday before I can start. Oh, wait. Are you saying that whatever threshold you make, it's the cap or it's the bottom line for what you got to do from now on? Yes. Damn. That's yes, hard. Bro. That's hard. Yes, I mean, so hard as good, it's, but I mean, it, it's, it's also hard too. It's either your commission check it's either your commission check or your hourly check. So I only won, I call it winning. I only won one commission check. It is very hard to do. And it's like almost discouraging because sometimes they also go with the market and the time of year. So during Christmas, you got to sell a couple thousand dollars worth of shit before you can actually start commissioning. But I learned oh, it's the up. first time I actually learned marketing and using the internet. Um, yeah. This guy was killing the game. He was just killing the game, killing the game, killing the game. And I'm like, yo, how do you always keep all your sales on point? And he was like, Craigslist. And I'm like, what the fuck? Craigslist. Mm. He would put ads on Craigslist and basically, um, Tell people that, oh, he could get them a discount and it's a secret sale at Macy's. He'll put in an ad and women would come in from the ad and it would just be a regular fucking sale. And he would put post the shoes on 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 Craigslist, kind of like what they do now. They you know what they do that now. But they'll call them a, a style coordinator, a fashion coordinator. And they'll, I got this one guy that's on Instagram. Uh, he actually gives good discounts, but he gets you in the store. He works for um, Saks Fifth. 
And he'll oh, post, yeah. he'll post Chanel bags. He'll post, he'll post so much drip. That's what they call it nowadays. He'll post, he'll post so much drip and give you a lower price. And he posted this. He said people come here left and right. And, um, it's so funny because that's what my man was doing working at women's shoes in Macy's. Smart. So oh, I love that. I love if that. you're in a sales job, you kind of have to brand branch out and market yourself to people so they could come buy the product that you're just working for. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, if I were to ever do a Macy's, a Nordstrom, anything like that, yes, I would take pictures of the merchandise and post it via social media for marketing. Yep. Because that's the thing. There are and, no rules about any of these things. Yo, it's they no want the rules. They want, the sales. they want you to get people in there. Macy's don't care yeah. if you get people in there off of your face as well. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. So even, even then, I was too far behind the eight ball. I just... I didn't like how um, that company just made money off my my back. You could have just paid me a flat rate, higher rate, and I could have just been there. I get it. You want people to be motivated to sell your stuff because it's, you know. Yeah. But that's not how you do it. Just a regular commission. That's all you need. You still yeah. need money. Like, and it yeah. took like a month to get the commission, bro. Don't even, don't get it twisted. Oh, it's not I part was, of your next paycheck. I was in Boca Raton and all the salespeople in the mall, they, they always call it, um, buy, uh, they call it return Tuesday. Basically, after a certain amount of days, they, they, um, you can't, after a certain amount of days, if they return it, you keep your commission. And it's usually that's the next week, Tuesday. If they don't return it by that Tuesday, yeah, the commission is actually yours. You get it? So yeah, I like that. And it's so crazy because in Boca, people would buy all this shit, keep the tag on it, and return it. Macy's has a great return policy. If people don't know this, um, long as you got the fucking tag, yeah. the sticker. They they got to take it back. Yeah. <laughs> they got to take it back, or at least, at the very least, give you a um store a store credit. So you got people coming in yeah, there exactly. with two three year old tags, bro, taking shit back from two three years, bro. I promise you. Yeah, I don't know if they still do that, but yeah, that's right. They because everyone started copying crazy them. return policy. Like you can still pull that yeah. shit off, bro. I've I've seen it. Okay, so you still can, yeah. Uh, only a handful of companies do that, but it's it's like, yeah, it's I, you can still pull that stuff. Some people abuse it, but like you're describing, but there are people that genuinely need the return, and it, and it works. Um, but it's funny, I forgot about that. But Macy's kind of led the way with that. Yeah, they did. So their return policy, uh, Nordstrom got a crazy return policy too, like that. Um, I used to be trying to get a job at Nordstrom in Saks Fifth, but at the time. You had to have a look, and I did not have that look. <laughs> so when you do retail, fashion, stuff like that, I realized that's not saying I can't pull off the look or the personality. It's just I'm not – I don't want to act the whole time. Okay. I want to be something that I'm more natural in. You get it? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's what getting a job is all about. You got to find the thing that. So Neiman Marcus, <laughs> yeah. So working at Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom and Saks Fifth, 
high-end stores, you have to have a look, dress real sharp, and act a certain way. <laughs> exactly. So, in um, know your shit too. What cra- what's crazy about it? I knew my shit, and I pressed like when I went. Did he was like, "Wow, I would have never thought you knew that." <laughs> like, mm. that's when I know I didn't have the look. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Because you had everything you else. Know, that, anytime, anytime I have a conversation with people, they say, "Wow, I didn't know you." You know this, and I always say something like, "I'm smarter than I look." <laughs> that's when I know I I I probably don't look the way. They, th- you know, my conversation don't match my look or the intellect. So yeah. it's crazy how I learned a lot of stuff just from working in the corporate world. I think it will build a lot of character. A lot of guys should do that. Um, I do have a, pl- I do have one story about uh women in the workplace. We probably gotta do do that. Uh, fellas, protect yourself. Cause I did get in trouble <laughs> and I wasn't harassed, sexually harassing anybody, but I got accused of it in the weirdest way, bro. And that, and it just go, it just went to show me that, yo, you got to always never relax, never get too comfortable. Um, when you got these jobs, if you get too comfortable, that's when you go to fucking up. Always remember that fellas. Um, I had a friend, he was always uh, flirting and badgering this one girl. And it was something simple like, um, he was like, look at your butt today. Your butt looks huge. And he was like, hey, Greg, doesn't her butt look huge? I look over, I just la- I just laugh and keep going about, that's all I did. And all of a sudden, guess who didn't, guess who didn't get the sexual harassment? <laughs> Talk, right up. Not him. I did. Oh, whoops. I was yeah. expecting that. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm no. like, bro, did you get written up for what you said to the girl? After that, he was like, no, you got written up. That's fucked up. And I was just like, yo, I can't be on the job. I can't be on the job with you. <laughs> like, I'm not taking the shit for you taking. Yeah. Ain't no way in hell. Um, oh, that's fucked up. Um, yeah. So it just goes to show you. Like, I didn't get fired or anything. They were just like, hey, man, just watch it. She's been complaining. You looked at her and made her feel uncomfortable. Because I looked at her and laughed. (laughs) So maybe it did make her feel uncomfortable. But for the sexual harassment and hostile environment write-up they gave me, I'm just like, yo, HR. No, HR sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't like yeah. Places with HR. Oh man, that's a rough one. And then my my manager used to call me in, and he got mad. Like the manager got mad at me one day because I didn't want to come in. I said I don't want to work with her. I don't want to work on her shift. She makes she makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he was like, "Oh my god, why are you acting?" I'm like, "Yo, you just wrote me up two weeks ago. Like it was some bullshit, but it was so distant." That job was so disingenuous and fake and phony, like most corporate jobs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anytime you go, if you're dealing with a job, you go, any job you do, you're going to deal with some bullshit. You get what I'm saying? You're going to deal with some bullshit. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
I know it very well. And this is everywhere, everywhere. There's a great book on this subject called Office Politics. I always recommend that to people who want to get a sense of like how to play this game. Because it's like you said earlier, the house always wins. So you have to figure out if you're playing a rigged game, you got to figure out what the rules are and how to play it to your advantage. And But all these jobs suck. If you're not in control, they suck. And even if you are in control, it still sucks, but in a different way. So I'm not going to say that being a boss is all, all that it's cracked up to be because it's yeah, not so, for everybody. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but you could, you need to learn how to at least be your own boss and learn some reverse in, engineering. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of corporate infrastructure. If you a good infrastructure guy where you can help keep a company organized, you won't, you, you'll never have to talk again a day in your life. Like, I forgot yeah. it was one of those guys in there uh, when I was working for Dish, and he actually started his own telemarketing okay. company. It was pretty. He told me it was pretty fucking easy, right? But what he did was he went to Dish. He told me this too when I worked there. I was just there because it was a lot of cute chicks there, bro. It was you know it was a lot, it was some babies in there, motherfucker, man. It was it was some cute babies. Yeah. It was some cute girls in that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they was paying the best commission. So nice. Anyway, I ended up getting fired for um not showing up to work on time, like a lot of petty shit. Um, don't really give a damn. Like okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, exactly. at that job, he sat there and learned everything, learned how they run business, how they broker different contracts with different companies like Dish, like, you know, just different things. And he actually landed a contract with with Dish. And he was charging them cheaper, but his mm. team was a little bit smaller. You get what I'm saying? Got it. So yeah, yeah. he... But then he gets to brag that he did it for Dish Network, and then he gets bigger clients who pay full price. Yeah. So he got Dish Network as a client in his... Um, telemarketing company and he was making good money but i learned this from him and i couldn't understand him because i was like yo bro you need to relax you you're up all the boss's ass you're in every meeting you're not supposed to be in they really like you and Mm. i didn't understand what he was doing at the time because my mind wasn't there yeah he was actually learning how the company works in the ins and outs he was just stealing everything. Okay. When I mean stealing, just knowing how the company is ran. And you're not going to learn that at college, in college. You get what I'm saying? No. No. Not even the best business programs. It just doesn't happen. So he was doing everything right. And and even though people don't like that word, stealing, copying, but that's essentially what the game is. Like, no business is doing anything brand yeah. new. They're just copying. He learned the in- yeah, he learned the infrastructure and just... Say, hey, I'm gonna charge a cheaper price over here for you guys. You know what I'm saying? So, as I walk through my house now, I tell people who listen to podcasts now, I'm gonna tell them, hey, you gotta do the reverse engineering sometimes, learn the infrastructure. And I have another story about a friend of mine I still do business with. He actually learned how to run a whole company and he threatened to leave them. That's why I said, hey, yeah, 
you know how they tell you, hey, if they, if you let them know you were able to do this, 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 this. I say the more shit you do for that company, the more they got to pay. Or you could leave and go start your own company. But anyway, he learned. He gave them a business. Um, he gave them he gave them a contract pitch. He wanted his own separate contract. And he basically told them, if you don't give me my own facility, I will go take out a business loan and start my own facility. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So they had no choice but to give him $150,000 a year. Boom. Boom. I like that. I like that. It's nice. They basically pay, like, once you learn the game, they will pay you not to be their competition. Exactly. Exactly. So if I were to, if you ever see me in a corporate job, I'm not there. I'm not there for long. I'm there to learn how to do this shit on my own. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if we're going to be honest. And at the very least, that's what every job should be. You're not there to pay your bills. Ideally, you should be able to comfortably be living where you need to be living, where you want to be living. You make enough money to take care of yourself. And then it, I treat it like a, I treat it like corporate. Freeze. Like, We're going back to the show in a moment. But first, in the show's description, there is a link for knoxuniversity.com. This site gives you access to the Take Charge which is everything you need to tap into your greatest strengths, improve your shortcomings, and live your ideal life sooner than later. This one guide will forever change your worldview, giving you the confidence to lead happier relationships, always know what to say and do. Grow your network with high net worth professionals, make money with speed, and have a more fulfilling life. Plus, direct access to Poppy Knox and ambitious people like you to ensure you are surrounded by a positive community. So there is like, yeah, really good. no way about you can fail. Like, if you because are interested you in changing your life in any way, you want the job that visit knoxuniversity.com right now that to join. That's university.com. Now let's get back to those unruly men talking about only God knows what. Unfreeze! I want, I know the exact job that I want, and this is the job that's going to get me closer to that ideal job. And when you start playing it that way, you, you're more mindful of what job interviews you even apply for. 
and, and which companies that you look at because you're thinking of the long-term play instead of the short-term gain. And that's how I, I guess, in a strange way, it sounds like both of us have learned that lesson, but in so many other ways. And you know, it's if, just I, and I, cool. if I might add, um, I do think people who want that long-term job, yeah. you know, that long-term job or just that job in general, um, or if they need something like, I need more money, I need now. Um, I yeah. suggest they take a um, what's that job called? Um, an independent contracting job where they don't take out taxes and stuff like that. Ooh, there those, you go. That's a smart those, play. Those independent contracting jobs are for people who are trying to get out of debt, really. Because when you take a regular job or a job that pays, let's say, a salary, they're gonna take out taxes. They're gonna they're gonna take out insurance. And a lot of that, like I learned as a teacher, they they like to say teachers don't get paid enough, but we have hella benefits. Exactly. And that's really uh, what they're paying for. So uh, you may Yeah, that which kind of you, fucking sucks because they can hide the money like that. Yeah. I don't know what kind of um I don't know what kind of people, but if you're a teacher or in education, try to find out if your school district offers where you don't have to take the insurance, you don't you just pay taxes. Or even if they have, oh. like, even if they have independent contracting job where you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, there might be something to that. But I mean, it, it's funny because as a, two people can do the same exact job, but if one is an independent contractor, uh, let, let's say the employee will get twenty dollars an hour. Meanwhile, the company is actually paying them, in a sense, fifty dollars an hour. But that twenty-five, thirty dollars goes towards all the benefits. So the per the employee doesn't actually see it. Meanwhile, I come in as an independent yes. contractor and I do the same amount of work for the same amount of time and I get $50 an hour. Or no, I won't get 50. That's not true. I'll get something like $45 an hour because I'm saving them so much of all the other things they don't have to pay for. I can command a higher price and 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 get that rate with no questions asked. So, I mean, it, I, I like that. I remember when I was in the city, all the kids, the smart kids anyway, what they would do is temp jobs. And a temp agency will help you get key positions at notable places where you'll pay your rent. You're still going to do all the taxes and such, but it's enough money to make sure that you're paying your rent. And then at the same time, you're getting opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't get because the agency does the hard work that the company doesn't want to do in terms of employment and then hiring and firing. So the temp agency takes care of all of that. They vet people. And they and because of that, there are notable companies that you want to work for that hire through temp agencies. At least some of their workforce is from temp agencies. And then this is across the board. All the places that you want to work at, there's probably, you can, I don't know how this research would play out, but you can figure out what company you genuinely want to work for and figure out if they have any temp agencies that they work with. And if you do find that set up an account with them, and that is how you're going to be able to pay your bills, but also land bigger opportunities that you either had to go to college with the person that could get you in or, or be absolutely brilliant that they came knocking at your door. So that's a nice little shortcut, but this makes me think of, can you, can you think of a story 
where you what wow. do you where you quit the job that you weren't supposed to quit because I got one, but I'm wondering if you got the same thing. Yeah. Some of the some of the jobs I had, and that was the first job I had, um, Hollywood Video. I should have stayed there. Work. We actually all quit at the same time. That shit was crazy because they wasn't treating us. Damn. Um, but the, the the we all quit, and my father was pissed. He said, "Just because they don't like the manager." You don't follow suit. I never taught you to be like, I had the longest tongue lash. And he was like, you know, he was like, you, I didn't get you. I didn't tell you to go get that job to make friends. I told you to get that job to keep money in your pocket. And he was pissed. And I'm like, yo, this is my senior year anyway. I'm going to focus on foot. Yo, I used to go to track practice. After track, go straight to work. Like I was a fucking machine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had I, I was a machine, but um oh you were working on this car and you want this, you want that. And that whole summer I had to like cut grass and with my uncles and you know do stuff with my dad to make ends meet. It was a little bit tougher because he was like, I'm not you know, my your junior year, you your senior year, you're kind of on your own in my in my household as far as the shit that you want to buy for yourself. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to keep, maintain the car I had. I wanted to do all that stuff. And um, I kind of shot myself in the foot. And he was asking me, what did the manager do to you to make you quit? Ouch. What was that answer? Nothing. <laughs> it's a tough one, bro. So you're just following the crowd, huh? You're just going to follow the crowd. If it's a big-ass the bigger the crowd, the dumber the crowd. That's what he said. Oh, I love that. Yo. Whoa, that's the a powerful life crowd, lesson. The dumber the crowd. You was, if you follow the crowd, I, he was like, if you follow the crowd, they're going to lead you off a cliff. It's two types of people. People that follow the crowd and people that watch the big crowd that fall off the cliff. <laughs> Yo. You know, so I realized I'm gonna be the motherfucker that watch them fall off the cliff. Like, look at this, look at this. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know? So he he was like, you know, which is bigger? The play, you know, which is what is there more of? Players or fans? So mm-hmm. I was gonna be more fans than players. And wouldn't it be interesting if you knew that so before you be made more beta males than alpha males? Stuff like Correct. that. So wouldn't it have been interesting if you knew that before they were doing it? The GM already like the the the, the assistant manager didn't like the the head manager the main you know and then yeah all the girls were in there complaining. I worked with a lot of and they were just complaining like this. Ah uh, fuck they, that! They, you can't follow women, man. Like better. We're all going to quit and go to Blockbuster. They literally quit, got the job, and they didn't. Oh, they did get the job. I was surprised that Blockbuster would hire so many people. Yeah, so it was a new Blockbuster, but I was the odd man out. Little did I know they already had those jobs, and I learned a big lesson. You never quit one job if you don't have another job lined up. Word. So I'm just thinking about that, though. Like, if you stayed at the job and you didn't quit, the job probably the manager probably would have treated you a little bit better simply because he learned the hard lesson. 
yeah, everybody's replaceable, but hey, yeah. I can't keep doing this. I can't lose five employees every single month. So I, I need to wisen up. And then you get a better yeah, position bro. because you stayed. You held when the coup happened. So you resisted. The, the, yeah, the coup. When the coup happened, man, one person stayed and they end up assistant manager. I never wanted to be the assistant. Oh, you see? Just what I said. Yo. Yeah. Like, I know I the game, know brother. I, gonna, <laughs> I don't know how I was going to pull that off playing football and playing sports and being assistant manager. But I end up eventually getting a job at another place I wanted to work at. And I just went crazy in that book. I worked at the movies. Yeah, I've done that before. My dad, I was like, hey, they called me for a movie interview. Tell them you could start today. I remember that. Exactly. My dad was in that movie. Hey, <laughs> you know, he was there like every other day. Yep. And, yep. and you, know, I, you know, I'm going to let him in free, but it's this. Exactly. You know, I played that game too. And, and I spent so much money on movies. I was like, I should work here. So I just got a job there. Wherever I spend a lot of money, that's where I get the job. I'm not, not, you know, I have kids. So I'm like, man, that that is a great first job. Yeah, not a, yeah, not for adults. Not for, that, the movies is not for it's, like, it, Those jobs that we're talking about, most of them are for like young kids and, and seniors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great first time job, the movies. And things of that nature, something that's simple and efficient, and it could get you your foot in the door in a lot of places. Um, now, as I got older, I quit this one job. Well, I didn't quit. I, I transferred to a different working environment, and I yeah. did that. I didn't know how good. You know how you don't know how good you have it until you leave? It was one of those. And... I had to understand if you could deal with certain things you don't like it, that means, yes, it's time for you to grow or elevate. Not go to the same. I never go from side to side anymore. It has to be better. Yes. You get what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. And that's the game plan. I was telling a guy this yesterday. It has to be better. They have to pay more. It has to be either uh, easier job or something it cannot be the same and i stopped that's when i stopped taking things personal and just learn how to you know go do my job focus on what really matters yeah and things of that nature but i'm still in the process of learning all this stuff because i do think people need these jobs these low-level entry jobs so they can actually appreciate the opportunities they do have when they become entrepreneurs and CEOs and so-called bosses. Listen, I thought I wanted to be a head football coach Mm. until I started coaching football and realized how much shit that takes, how much bullshit you got to, how much bullshit you're going to deal with. That is not a job that you could just, okay, clock out. I'm going to sleep tonight. No, it's twenty four seven at that level. It's twenty. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an assistant coach now. Yeah, you know they call me Coach Alpha, but I'm the assistant coach. Indeed. <laughs> so even it's not it's a twenty four seven job with me. Exactly. Like I have to make a like I don't even like that. I have to go incognito, make a fake page to monitor kids on 
TikTok and Snapchat. Yeah. And like I do at least two or three what the fuck are you doing phone calls. Oh, that's light work. Every weekend. Like I was about to say, you should be grateful for that. that Because you should be getting that every single day. And I think at that head coach position, you will get that call. No, no, you're getting that every day. You getting and then you're getting the parents, then you're getting the administration, and then you're getting exactly. And that's if you're doing everything well. So as soon as you actually do make a mistake, then you're getting more calls every day. But if you're doing everything well, you're gonna get all that kind of harassment. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. If it's five or more, if you if it's five or more teenage boys, it's gonna be some fucking. It's if you if if you're in charge of five or more teenage boys, you're gonna see some fuck. You're gonna see some bullshit. It's just it's it's inevitable. You just gotta prepare your mind for it. I feel you. I feel you. And yes, and and whenever you're doing it, it's funny because I'm thinking about it in my work, and I just help people become higher performers. And so if I'm gonna performance enhance, it isn't a clock out kind of role. I got to work with you 24 seven, which is one of the things that I offer. Like if you're part of my organization, it's like, call me anytime, text me anytime. And as long as I'm awake, I will attend to whatever you got going on. And then because it's whenever you need to perform, I need to be there helping you through it. Yeah, man. So I didn't been there. I had to pick people up from, had to go to court a couple of times for character, you know, I had to vouch for a couple of kids a couple of times. I got in some trouble. Ouch. I forgot about that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you no, got to go. leaders are be, no be a cat character witness. Like, the shit is like, you know what? All right. So when I see guys take a break from it, I get it. Because mm-hmm. it's something I love to do. So I took two years off, and I'm now I'm back at it. I'm like, okay, this is the part, this is the part that I hate doing. You know what okay. I'm saying? I hate, you know, but you when you take 50, 60 kids and you got to be a father figure to them because they don't have a father in their life like that. Um, you, Yeah, you're going to get crazy calls. Uh, mom's like, oh, you need to talk to him. Listen to me. It means like, you know, you got to listen to your mom, right? One of the main reasons is because you don't pay any fucking bills. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just get, I get straight to the point with them. Yep. You want to be the boss. You can't boss nobody who who takes care of you. It's just who provides for you, who you're dependent upon. That's not how that goes. Um, you know, and they be like, all right, all right. But it's still some of my some I'm telling you, some of my weekends are even before this podcast, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. why yeah. why didn't I see you at the gym this morning? Was you know, it's like you gotta stay on them. No, I, I because think nobody, nobody else will. But um, it's it's a it's a cool job to have. So I already know if I go through that, um, in high school doing high school kids. Imagine what you do in college with grown men. Imagine how you gotta deal with NFL, like in the NFL. When at least at this, I'm still kind of bigger and stronger than them. Mm-hmm. But imagine trying to manage a motherfucker that's bigger and stronger and get paid more than you. It's all- <laughs> yeah, that's real talk. That's real talk. Oh, um, sports is the only like. I never met a. I never seen a job where the boss got paid 
less than the employees. I can't think of one right now besides sports. No. Besides sports, and I will say besides the first one to three years of starting a business. Okay. Yeah, we're not yeah. taking a paycheck. I'm not taking a paycheck right now. I mean, I, I guess I could argue that I'm paying, taking a paycheck, but I just it goes straight to all my bills. I'm not doing anything extra. I'm not buying cigars. I'm not going on trips. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have paid. I have paid more money a couple of times to these to these uh, to this marketing guy. Yeah. To get my real estate off. I mean, exactly. in the end, I end up getting paid, but you got to exactly. pay them up front. So that that, that first <laughs> months, you're like, God damn. I'm, yeah, those first three years, I'm you're telling like, you damn. What to be, but you're getting paid more than me, and I don't like yep. this shit right now. Yeah. So I, I think on January 2nd, 2023, I'm going to hit a point where that won't be the case anymore. But when you're putting in that grind, when you're doing, when you're building, you're not making any profit. You have money in your pocket, but it's nothing special you might as well have a part-time job. So that, yeah, I will say that sports and, and, and that I'm going to tell you my story, which might take a bit, but I'll, I'll wrap up. And then let's see. So this is Go my ahead, dream man. job. Even though I told you I wanted to do journalism, I always wanted to work at the company Google. That was my dream job. And I thought I was enamored and fascinated by Google. And this is pre, actually, I don't even remember the dates. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, so pre-IPO days, I will say that I was obsessed with it. And then I remember when they created Gmail. So back in the day, Gmail was not a thing. One day it was a thing. And the first people on Gmail had to be invited. You had to get a special invite so you could be one of the first, like, a million people to join. And I was one of the few people that got access to it. And I thought I was so fucking cool. I'm like, hey, I got the first Gmail account. And then like maybe two years later, everyone had it. So it wasn't as sexy anymore. But I was very proud of that. I even still have that Gmail account to this day. Uh, So I was like, all right, this is going to be the coolest company in the world to work for. But I recognize that I'm not an engineer. Like, I don't know what I can do for Google. I have ideas, but fundamentally, I don't think they need someone like me. I'm not on their radar. And the funniest thing happened, which is 10 years to the exact week that I got my first Gmail account, I got a job at Google. And it was one of those opportunities where I knew someone, I, I threw my resume into the hat, into the pile. And and uh, according to them, they're, I don't know how much you know about Google, but they're very, it's almost like applying for the CIA. They're looking for a very special type of person. Uh, what they're talking about is googly we only hire googly people because if you won't fit into their culture they have no use for you so you need to be googly the same way with the cia you need to be uh cia whatever they call it um in the military it's the same thing every there's a like the people that go into the army versus going into the air force there are different characteristics uh what, what did i we tell you a bit. what did we talk about yesterday yeah, <laughs> yeah like those those the SWAT team. Word, um, yeah. Seals. They're not going to um they're not going to golf practice to find a, a golf. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they know where to look for them. And they're going to football. They're going to fucking football to the football locker room. Exactly. But in this case, I was that rare exception where I wasn't any place that they were looking at. I just happened to have an an in. So I apply, they tell me that I'm googly, and they ask me on to a special teams project. So not only do I, I get the role, but I get uh, special compensation. 
because they're looking at me as an expert on what I do and, and applying it to this new project that they have. So um, I work at Google Maps and it was this fascinating job that I actually didn't like. <laughs> so I wanted to be in the marketing department. At that point in my life, I knew marketing was my thing. If I'm going to do a job for you, I should be in the marketing position. So I considered, let me take this job at Google Maps and then move my way into marketing PR. So that way um, I, I'll be, a, it's easier to leverage a new opportunity in a different department after you've been there for a year or so. So I thought that was going to be my game plan. And I started talking with the marketing kids. On, as soon as I signed up for my orientation, I'm talking with the marketing kids to make sure that they know my name, making moves. And Google is everything the opposite that I thought it was going to be. So it is a fascinating place to be. Uh, the way their corporate culture is set up is that whatever problem you have, they have a solution for. So that way you can just focus completely on your work. So they will do your laundry for you. They will... They will give you free bus fare so you can get to and from work. Uh, this is out in San Francisco. Um, where else? But they have all these little things that make your life easier. If you have pets. Oh, my God. That shit sound like the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. So they treat you like a superstar. It's not like college football. Exactly. Right so if you have all pets. If you have on scoring these goddamn touchdowns. You, you need something to eat. We have a shell. You, exactly. You need somebody to come give you a massage. We massage your muscles. We have that. All of the above, and it's all free. It's all part of the culture. So there's food everywhere. There are great restaurants all over campus. If you have kids, there are daycare programs. If you have pets, there are daycare programs. There is no stress that you should have at this place. That's the way it is. It's a stress-free environment, and when you visit, you can feel it. But it's the strangest thing because. I need to go visit fucking Google, yeah. man. They need to get no, and it's hard, but I mean, they, I think they do. They probably still do tours, but go check it out. Um, if I can get you on campus, I'll find a way to do it. But uh, so it, it's absolutely yeah, fascinating. Man. And all these tech companies are more or less the same. So you're making a great salary. Yeah. I, you know what? I visited. I forgot. It was a smaller tech company, but it it, it reminded me one of it reminded me of um one of these alternative lifestyle bars that you walk in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody's dressed different. Everybody is just... Exactly. You can feel the energy is very non-judgmental. It's very free, very nerd-like. Yeah. And but, that's why I don't like it. Because I'm a judgmental person. I, I, I own that. And, and to be around people that are pretending that we're not judging each other, it seemed weird. It, it, fake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, um, man. And I'm a competitive person and I'm a shit talker, so exactly, exactly. You're, you're around a lot of sensitive fucking people all day. It's not going to get. It's not going to go right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and my thing is, I didn't learn to keep my mouth shut. Um, I didn't piss anybody off that I'm aware of. Uh, but that was the, that was the setup. And Google is in a fascinating place, Silicon Valley, the tech world in general. It, it is one of the few places where you are allowed to do your best work because they take care of everything else. And it's such a strange place where you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you get your work done. So, for instance, there's this. Yes, it's um, the, you know, you know what? That's how um a Montessori school operates. It's just yeah, you want to. Yeah, you're familiar. All right, like, I used to do Montessori as well. That was one of my jobs. Right, so it's it's like one of those like we're gonna find out if you really love this shit, and that's yeah. why people under like I I always tell my kids I say. You know, on the weekend, I'm going to find out if you really love football. 
Because <laughs> you're gonna watch it. You're gonna go outside. Like yeah, I was, I used to tell, I used to tell those like my Lord, like I tell the boys now. I say, you know what I did on Saturday and Sunday? I used to go outside even even after a long football game and still play tackle football because that's what we love to do. Yes. Draw. We used to draw up our own little plays, our new plays. Like, hey, we're gonna get this to coach because this will work, and this is why it work. We'll watch film. I, I used like to that. watch film to the point where I knew my. I knew the. I used to do research on my opponent so much I would find out that motherfucker girlfriend name. Exactly. Do you know how hard you. it is to find out somebody's girlfriend name? When it's no social media, you know, that's before. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. But you know what? Yeah, I, learned I, that. I, I know if you left-handed or right-handed. That's how much I studied my opponent. And, like, to the point where I would be on the field and I would say their mom's name or some shit like Yeah. That. And, and do you remember Lawrence and, Taylor, LT? I learned that yeah. technique from him. So, yeah, exactly. that's what I got it from. My man, my man. You're my brother for a reason. That's what you get. You get it. You get it. You, hey, once you once you find once you once you find a name that's near and dear to their heart, like their mom name, exactly. And you like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass you in front of Amber. Don't get embarrassed in front of Amber now. Like, oh, <laughs> yes, my bad. You understand the oh, game. Man. It got worse. It got real worse in college. Like we played. I think it was University of Wyoming. So you know, you sit. You know, the our side of the field is behind the student section. The students don't sit behind the team. They sit behind the visiting team for a distraction. And um, Smart. our quarterback, every time he messed up a play, they would chant his, chant his mom's name. Oh, you see? Bro, that shit. Was- <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you that's know why this. I'm, like, I'm glad that's you why, know like, when, when I see trolls on the internet, I'm like, uh, you haven't been trolled in real life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That, I shit, off that, that, shit hit di- that shit hit different. And then, like, yeah. every time they made a bad, he threw an interception. They were like, you just let the whole team down. You just let the whole team, like, the whole, like, he was in his head. I wish I witnessed that. Yeah, football appears different. He was in his head, though. They were in his head the whole game. They did a great job. Beautiful. I don't give a damn what kind of man you are. If, a, if another man started calling your, your parents' name, you're going to be thinking. Like, yep. I That's a, get this the last thing you're thinking about is football. Yeah. I'm glad you know that. And, and I want to make sure the people listening can understand this. In 1990s, Lawrence Taylor, I think it was the 90s, Lawrence Taylor did an interview with like Dateline or Barbara Walters, yep. one of them. And it's like an hour long. And he's talking about all these little things that he used to do against his opponents. He would wear and stress out his the opposing team well before game day. So on game day, he could just run over them. And I, I think that's what you're referring to. If you didn't learn it from that, you probably learned it from somewhere else. But that's where I learned yeah, it. And I'm like. Okay. I, okay. I kind of learned it just, uh, just the environment that I was in. It was like it wasn't sports and we wasn't talking shit. Gotcha. Was it, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't the game wasn't fun. Like, you know, I grew the environment I grew up in. Yeah, you gonna talk shit. You do it. You do it good. You make a. You make. You know. You you shoot a shot. You make the three pointer. You point at the coach. You point at the other team's coach. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not too much. You had to do it within reason because 
you know. All I'm saying is that life is ruthless. You got to be more ruthless than life is. Yeah, you got to be more ruthless. But I learned, I did take that to the same, to, to the job system too, in a, in a way where if you have a client, like in real estate, you have a client, you find out their birthday. Oh, your birthday coming up soon. Or, you know, I hate to, I hate to say it, man. You find out, and I, I, I use this trick a couple times on my female clients. It only works on female clients for some odd reason. You find out their birthday and call out their zodiac sign. Yeah. You'd be like, this is a nice house for a Pisces or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right up there. Listen, this shit is. Oh, I like that. It's just those little things. It means absolutely nothing, but to them, it means everything. Yes, bro. So the little things that we were like, okay, I know this guy's, I know, I know something personal about this guy. And that's all it is. My thing is, and I'm always telling guys this, especially when it comes to dating, that if the game is ruthless and you're supposed to lose, don't play that game. Play your own game. Be more ruthless. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is being single and masturbating seven times a day. That sounds terrible. So I got to be ruthless and play this other game where I win. Right. I get the girl anyway. And I can learn how to do it in a way that I can live with. But yeah, you have to be more ruthless. Because these girls are just as ruthless with you. But anyway, that's, all, that's besides the point. Like I said, Lawrence Taylor, he did an interview, I believe it was in the 90s, Change my understanding of how to play the game to win. But that's the idea. No matter what game I'm playing, I play to win. I don't play to not lose. I'm a champion. I can either win or I can lose, but there is no in-between. So I'm going to bring this up with the, the Google thing and wrap it up. I'm at Google. I'm at my dream job. 10 years later to the date that I got my first Gmail account, it is a culture shock. I'm in Silicon Valley. And, and let me tell you, I got to really paint the picture because I got this job when I was unemployed, broke, no unemployment checks coming my way. I didn't think I wanted to sign up for it. And I was doing YouTube work. So I, I think I've, maybe I've talked with you or others, but I used to be the producer for director Patrick H. Willems. So if you go on YouTube, you can type in that name. The, his first 200 videos, I produce all of those. The first two or three years we were living and working together. I knew him back in high school. And so we were trying to become famous on YouTube and we, we did it. Within six months, we had YouTube partnership or making money, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't enough to live on and it wasn't what I wanted to do full time. Um, so like, uh, go check that out. I highly recommend it, but that's where I get my production skills. That's where I was like doing some of my best work um, prior to the better work that I'm doing now. Anyway, uh, but when I was doing that, it, I believe it was September and I had $27 to my name, something like that. It was less than 30 bucks. That's all I remember. So in my head, it was about $27. And I was embarrassed. I didn't tell anybody. I'm living in New York City. My rent was paid, but I didn't know what was going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So I'm applying for jobs. And then I get this phone call from Google. They're like, hey, can you be in, in California in two days? I said, yes. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to get there. And even before they, they let me know that they were going to send me there and they were going to put me up in a hotel and everything. But the, I, I didn't have the option to say no, because if I say yes, I get what I wanted, my dream job, plus I get the paycheck that goes with it. Plus I get out of this shitty situation. So even if it wasn't something that I wanted, it would get me out of the city, ah, shitty situation that I was in. 
So I say yes to it. They send me out to California for two weeks to go to training. I was going to be based in New York, but you got to do training at the main campus. And it was beautiful. Um, I had a lot of fun. I, I, it was a major culture shock. I couldn't relate to any of the people there. And I'm like, are they sure that I'm actually googly? Because I don't feel googly. And I don't like what this definition of googly means because I can't relate to any of these people. But I was still nice, cordial. I'm eating well. I'm gaining weight because I'm not poor anymore. But I still only had $27. Like my paycheck wasn't coming in until after those two weeks. It was so bad, Greg. Uh, I was chilling out and I was trying to have fun, go to all these bars. And I was cool with some of the people that I'd been meeting. So I'm hanging out with VCs or going to bars and stuff and they're paying for everything. And, and I, I definitely simped in that sense. And I was just like, let me just enjoy this moment. I have nothing to contribute. I'm not going to give anybody a dollar but they're taking care of me. They like my sense of humor. They like my energy. So it's cool. So I'm going to the club. I'm going to all these hot spots in San Francisco, living the big life when I know I only got $27 in my pocket. Got to the point where the night is over. I'm not going to smash any of these girls. Cool. Let me find a cab back to my hotel. The hotel is paid for, but I can't, there's, I have to pay the cab out of pocket. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be like New York. In New York, you can go five blocks and spend two bucks. The guy's like, oh, it's going to be $18. And I'm like, $18 for a 10-block trip? <laughs> and I didn't say that, but inside, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I can't, even if when I am broke, I can't act like I'm broke. That's my rule. That's my principle. That's my standard. So in my mind, in my body, I'm like pissed off. But I'm like, all right, here you go. I gave him a $5 tip off of that. So the $27 becomes like four bucks after this. Anyway, but that's how poor I was. But I was at the same time living the big life working for Google. And so I took that job. I was working at Google Maps. So if you're familiar, I, I, some of the stuff I, I probably shouldn't tell, but I don't really care. I don't think I signed any contract that said I couldn't. So Google Maps helps you get from point A to point B. I was working on indoor maps, where we now have the technology. This was like 20 years ago, but we have the technology now where we can tell you how to get from point A to point B in Macy's, but I can take you to the third floor to the exact shoes that you want to buy. That's the technology I helped to build. And it was a small team. I think there's only a hundred of us and we were all around the world uh, in a project management style. It, it was fascinating, but uh, I didn't like it. And I didn't like the small team that I had just rude, anti ungoogle like people. Because for this project, they hired a lot of independent contractors. I think most of the kids were independent contractors. And so they weren't part of the Google culture, but they were getting a Google paycheck. And I just didn't like it. And I did have this one higher up. And I could talk with him about different things, but he just like, he didn't care. I talked with HR, they didn't care. And I kept on getting sick. Because at that point, I didn't know how to take care of my stress. I didn't know how to handle extra stress. So I was getting sick every single month. It was really bad. I'm in the hospital. Oh, I'm, I'm on a trip, a work trip, and I get sick while I'm on the work trip. And then I got to go to the hospital in whatever nearby town is where nobody knows me. And then my team already flies off to the next project, and I'm still stuck there. And then I got to fly back home. I got to figure things out on my own. It's not fun. And so I'm like, you know what? I quit. I'm not interested in this. I don't care about what other opportunities I could leverage. I, after talking with other people that have been there for 10 plus years, I recognized that the Google that I wanted to be part of was pre-IPO. 
And that was everything that I was fascinated by, that I was enamored by. But I was post-IPO, where they became more of a corporate structure and more rigid. And all the people that have been there for many years, they said the same thing. I met so many people that used to work at Google, and they quit for the same reasons. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's not just me. And I'm, I'm so I, I realized no matter how much they pay me, I'm not interested. Exactly. And so it's like, I, no matter how much they pay me, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to take another position at another department. And, but I don't want to quit. I want to quit with dignity. And so I talk to the guy and I say, hey, I want to take two weeks off, which is an, an easy thing to do at Google. You just say you want to take two weeks off and then you disappear and then you come back two weeks later. Like it's, it ain't a big deal. And so I'm like, all right, hey, I want to take two weeks off from this date to that date. And he goes like, hey, we got a few projects. It's going to be pretty busy. And I'm just like, and in that point, I just didn't give a fuck anymore. So I said, listen, I'm going to quit this job. I just wanted to do it in a way where I could enjoy my last couple of weeks with you guys. And he said, well, if that's the case, why don't you just quit now? And I was just so fucking pissed at this guy and so fucking relieved that I said, yes, today is my last day. And that's how I left Google with no job waiting for me. But I, I, when the kid said that, this is a kid probably a year or two younger than me, maybe three years younger. Than, I forgot. He was younger than I was. And he said that I realized this job doesn't care about me. This man doesn't care about me. This project doesn't care about me, even though they they give me all the accolades. They're like, wow, you're doing great work. Oh, you helped us do this. We're going to teach the rest of the teams how to do it the way that you do it, Knox. No matter how great I was, I still wasn't good enough in a positive, affirming way. And then this punk says, all right, why don't you just quit now? Like, that's not what you tell an employee that says, hey, I want some time off. I'm, I haven't been feeling well. So I realized it confirmed to me in, in 30 seconds Less than 30 seconds, he confirmed to me, I don't need to be at this company anymore. So I quit. I had nothing else going for me. But since I was working at Google and I had Google money, I was paying my rent in advance. So every time I got a paycheck, I paid as much of my rent in advance as possible so I wouldn't have to worry about rent. Plus, I was always on the road. So I didn't know if I'd be able to like send a rent check the way that I'd like. So whenever I was home, I'd pay as many months in advance as possible because I don't like paying rent. <laughs> I, I always forget. Nobody, yeah, yeah. I always forget the first week, and oh, yeah. I take it for granted. I'm just like, oh yeah, I have the money, but oh, I actually have to give someone a check. Oh yeah, I forgot to do that. So I did everything in advance. All this to say, um, so I had a couple months to figure things out. I quit that job, and it led me to one of the best opportunities I've ever had, where I was working at Sony Pictures Television. Yet again, another person said, "Hey, you should talk to this guy." And I realized the person I was talking to was the VP of Sony Pictures Television. So here I am talking to the second in command of all the TV shows that Sony produces. And he's like, hey, we're going to work on a special project. Hey, for, he didn't even ask for my resume, but I sent it anyway. And he and I were on a team. It was him in LA, me in New York. I was his right-hand man. And we were trying to get TV shows pitched to major networks. So it's like that was a bit of an, an opportunity to learn directly from a VP exactly. of a major Fortune 500 company uh, in a field that I actually like and respect, no matter what the changes are. And yeah, and this is why I want to say when, when one door closes, another opens. Exactly, exactly. So that was a job that I was supposed to stay at because it was good. It was good on paper, blah, blah, blah. And I had no other job, so I should have stayed there. I needed to pay my rent and I should have stayed there. 
I needed to, to level up for the next thing. I should have stayed there, but I said no because I cared about myself more than I cared about the team, more than I cared about the bullshit that I had to go through. And it worked out in my favor. I also made it work, uh, but it's something that I've never regretted. I will never go back to that company. I, I'm not even interested in going back to tech world at all. But this whole conversation made me think of that. And, and I wish that whoever's listening, no matter where you are, if you are deeply dissatisfied and you know your worth, go for it. That's, I was able to do that because I knew my worth. And I knew that even if I get a job at Staples or McDonald's, I would have more self-respect that I could appreciate than forcing myself to do work that I didn't want to do. This is a self-respect thing when you stay at a job too long. Indeed. It's a self-respect thing. Trust me. Yes. But um, that's what I want everybody to understand, man. All the stuff, you, a lot of us have experience. So all the jobs you have, once you get fired from one, leave one, quit one, whatever. Yes. It all builds up. Indeed. Take what you learn. Um, Simple self-reflection. What I learned from Macy's, what I learned from Hollywood video, what I learned from the post office, all comes into play in my real life. And it, even what you yeah. learn from Google, nobody really gives a fuck about you out there. <laughs> no. oh, man. And guess what? They're not supposed to give a fuck. And they're not supposed to, but you don't beat yourself up, up about it. You got to give a fuck about you. Exactly. exactly. As long as you care about you, Guess what? Others will start to care. Exactly. And I know people that were in that same situation. They either kept the job and they hated it or they left the job and they filed a lawsuit and they hated the lawsuit, even though they won. The lawsuit was a lot of heartache. So I, I definitely had grounds to sue them for various reasons. Um, but it's like, nah, fuck all that. Just leave and be done with it. Just be grateful that you're, it's over with. And the past is in the past. Now you get to focus on your present which allows you to see into the future. And that's all what I'm all about in every area of my life. And to the point where it's like, when I say that I will not put up with bullshit, I don't say it to be cute. I don't say it to be a tough guy. I genuinely mean it. If I'm surrounded by bullshit, I will leave the room. And I think you've noticed this about me. Like if I'm in a conversation that I don't like, I just leave the conversation. If I'm at a job I don't like, I leave the job. If I'm in a relationship I don't like, I leave the relationship. There is my life is too beautiful the way that I like it to be that if anything annoys me, I don't have to deal with it. I give them an opportunity to say, hey, could you like, hey, I'm, I don't like this. Fix it. And if you don't fix it, then I'm just out. There's no amount of money you can pay me that will keep me to stay in something that I don't like. And, and that's my energy. It might be a New York thing. People say like, hey, you remind right, me of Jay-Z right. because when we're hanging out with Jay-Z and someone says something stupid, he just walks out of the room. And I was just like, damn, I like that. <laughs> so we'll see what happens to me in a, with my billions, on my road to my billions. But at the end of the day, I want everyone to know that for themselves. You got to have that self-respect. You got to be able to like walk away. Yeah, man. Yeah. But anyway, man, I got, that's cool. the time I got for today, man. Yeah, Appreciate you guys. Sure, it was a beautiful episode. So I'll catch up with you later. Um, always making moves, always making money. Peace.